Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this episode featuring Jeff Gorman and Jake Cochran of Illiterate Light. It's one of the favorite, my most favorite interviews I've done so far. Really had a great time talking to these guys. I'm so glad that you're here for this episode. If you are new to Roadcase, welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. So glad that you're along for the ride. Thanks so much for your support. I want to remind everybody that there's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community. First and really easy way is to follow us on socials. We're at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Really helps out the show to give us a follow. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at roadcasepod.com or find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website, www.roadcasepod.com. Thanks again for listening, and there's so many different ways that you can help support Roadcase. Super easy and quick way, and we really rely on the support of you amazing listeners. Really easy way to do that is to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, which is a really popular place to listen to Roadcase, there's a little box that says follow. Just hit that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, another popular listening platform, there's a check mark up in the upper right-hand corner. Click that. Doing so on those two platforms and other platforms will allow you to receive updates when new episodes come into the world. Another quick and easy way to help support Roadcase and really easy is to rate and review Roadcase. So if you're on Spotify, that little box with some stars underneath the follow box, just click on that. That's all you have to do. And it really helps out the show on Apple Podcasts. You scroll up a little bit, you'll see a bunch of stars and a place to rate Roadcase. Super helps out the show. So thanks for doing that in advance. Really appreciate everyone's help. And I'm so glad you're here for this amazing interview. I know you're going to love it. So I've got Jeff Gorman and Jake Cochran of the duo Illiterate Light. Uh, Jeff and Jake both lend their vocal expertise. Jeff plays guitar and bass, plays bass with his feet. Jake plays drums and will actually play little keys on this or trigger some keyboard sounds on this new album that's coming out on the date of the publication of this episode, January 27th. New album is entitled Sunburned. Uh, really psyched. This is an amazing album. Already gave it a list, couple of listens. I really love these guys. They have an amazing and dynamic live show. It is just really uh, absolutely enthralling. Love seeing these guys and love what they're all about. And uh, this is a really great episode. And I know you're going to love this interview. Uh, Sunburn is really kind of deep and profound content about love and loss. Jeff's father has uh, had suffered from a long-standing illness and passed away recently. And Jeff is, uh, talks about how mortality is on his mind. And in the lyrical content, not necessarily directly goes at that, uh, but 
it's more a little bit more of a somber, deals with a lot of different heavy and profound uh, subject matter, and it's just really very different from what they've done uh, thus far, but it is absolutely beautiful. This is clearly a wonderful new effort, Sunburn. Uh, I just love it. They're playing an album release show uh, January 27th, the date of the publication of this episode in Charlottesville. It is sold out, but they will uh, tour all over the country. They'll be in Nashville, Denver on the East Coast, uh, in the Midwest. You can check their website for more tour dates. Uh, for my Chicago fam out there, they will be at Lincoln Hall on April 22nd. I expect to see all of you there. Uh, these guys put on, like I said, just an amazing live show. And they're just wonderful guys. Uh, they're live music junkies. They love performance, and that's really evident in what they do on stage. Uh, they're also cyclists and former, far even current farmers. Uh, we talk about sustainable energy. Uh, we talk about cycling quite a bit. They do pedaled power. Howard shows, and we'll talk about what that means and how that's part of the overall vibe of this band. They even had a pedal-powered stage at Newport Folk Festival last summer. Uh, just an really, really new and amazing concept to point out uh, the necessity to create new sustainable energy sources and uh, what that means for live performance in general. There's so much electricity that's used and really brings awareness to uh, the environmental impact that live performance has uh, and how to counteract that or just do your own part. But these guys are amazing dudes. I really love chatting with them. You're going to love this interview as well. So glad that you're all here. Thanks so much for being here. Go out and listen to their new album, Sunburned, out today and check out their tour dates on their website. A lot of exciting stuff going on from Jeff and Jake of Illiterate Light. Thanks again for being here, everyone, for this episode. And I want to send a special thank you again to Jeff Gorman and Jake Cochran of Illiterate Light for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. All right, so we're here on Roadcase. We are back. back, Jake and Jeff. How are you guys doing, man? So, so good to see you. Glad we got everything ironed out. Yeah, yeah, feeling well. Awesome. Nice first time I've seen the sun in about a week here in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. So, spent the morning, walked around the. There's a really cool graveyard a couple blocks from my house, and oh, just been enjoying a little, you know, a little sunshine today. The graveyard is that you go a like, morbid the sunshine. Yeah, yeah really. I like. <laughs> I like walking there. <laughs> Getting a jump yeah. on Halloween or what? It's 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 like uh yeah. yeah I don't know man it's right, it's cool it's right downtown and so it's very very peaceful. Uh, it is very but, peaceful. I mean especially if it's yeah. like like old and there's it's, it's historic. Som it can be yeah. sombering and like it's like yeah I don't I never do that but I yeah like if I drive by I look in and who doesn't have some sort of existential thought when you go by a fucking cemetery? I know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so Otterbein Cemetery, it's like from the late 19th century. So it's definitely, you know, there's families, you know, generations and generations of people that are buried there and you see all their headstones next to each other. I don't know why that's comforting in some weird way, but <laughs> I like going out there. Yeah. I mean, being remembered, you know, that's part of it. I like looking, I like looking out at uh, graveyards and thinking about how by the time you know, in 20 more years, we're probably going to have figured out how to live forever. So I'm just counting on <laughs> I hope so, 10. man. I was talking to, um, <laughs> who was I talking to? 
uh, John Gutwillig of um, of Disco Biscuits, and they're writing a space opera about aliens coming back to this planet. Or and then we sort of we were talking a lot about age and how you feel. And you know, I'm 59, and I still what's that age that you guys aren't old enough to have this notion because you don't feel like you're 10 years old. But if I feel like I'm 20 years younger, that's fucking still a lot older than you, a couple years older than you guys are now. So there, yeah. there becomes he's 49. There becomes this age point where oh yeah, I feel like I'm perpetually. 40 or whatever that is which sounds still sounds old to you guys right, i don't know right. how do you stay um, so young how, how do, you do keep... i stay i don't know yeah. listen to a lot of illiterate light and listen to music <laughs> listen to <laughs> jacket a bunch probably there you go <laughs> nice uh well i don't know cycling comes to mind because we were just talking about that you know you guys um do this incredible um you know generating sustainable energy uh Talk to me about that. I'm a cyclist. So I don't know. Answer your question. How do I stay young? I have no fucking okay, idea. Yeah. I don't know. What, go to a lot of live music. Um, <laughs> you know, be a cyclist, be active, yoga. I don't know. Um, have a good avatar that looks like me when I'm doing these Zoom calls. That's yeah. important. That's super I, important. <laughs> I didn't feel young this week because just, I'm just getting over COVID. I just tested negative for the first time in five, five or six days. So, <laughs> oh, man, do I need <laughs> I to put a mask on? Mask up, man. <laughs> Yeah, right. That was okay. a Zoom joke. <laughs> Jake, why don't you talk about uh, the the biking and Newport side and things we've been working on in that vein? Yeah, so um, Jeff and I are both avid cyclists as well. Um, now, mm-hmm. so I live out in Nashville now, and the neighborhood that I'm in, the neighborhood itself is great, but I can't bike anywhere. But for Virginia, Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we both lived for about 12 years, was. It, All right, let me interrupt you because I am a cyclist. What um, do you mean you can't bike anywhere? It's just not accessible to any kind of good roads or something? There's, there's a... Okay, it's a, all right. Yeah, like my neighborhood is really isolated. I'm up against this yeah. lake called Old Hickory Lake. Okay. The neighborhood runs up against it. And then, um, yeah, like to get on to any of the roads to get anywhere near downtown Nashville or somewhere that would feel safe to bike, you have to get on this annoying, yeah. very not friendly bike road to go over this bridge with... Two two lanes and scary trucks and stuff. Yeah, I I, to- I totally get I totally it's just get the that. like the fear of life sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, both both cyclists really like primarily commuter. You know, around town. Um, I think we both cycle for fun as well. But but that's oh. how we've come to love it. Um, and so uh, while we were still in college and for a few years after college, we had linked up with a crew of creative misfits and and friends in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and put together a a bicycle music tour um, that would travel around for about two weeks every year during the summer and uh, kind of the mountains of Virginia all the way over to Richmond, sometimes into D.C. and Baltimore and back. And um, we we were playing music as we were biking from city to city. It was a real slow paced thing. And uh, cool. sometimes families would come and, and it was, a, it was a great, great experience. Um, and as part of that, we, along with a friend of ours named Nico, um, built a bicycle power generator, uh, just cause we heard about it on the internet and we figured out how to hook a bike up to an old, uh, bike, um, what trainer. do you call it? Like trainer stand. Uh, so a stationary mm-hmm. bike stand. Yeah, and then the yeah. bike wheel spins spins a little trainer wheel, and we hooked that up to an old 
car alternator and converted that into DC uh, current and then inverted that into AC current and could plug a small sound system into it. So our very first shot at this was incredibly DIY. Yeah. Uh, we had a tandem bike on a bike stand so two people could could do it. <laughs> and the whole, contrap- the whole contraption pretty much made more noise than, than the speaker could produce. So <laughs> it was very experimental, very fun. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was pretty early on. And Jeff and I sort of uh, closed down some of those dreams for a little while, while we really wanted to dig in on the music side. And we wanted to tour the, the country and take the show that we've been putting together all over the place. Um, mm. And as much as we loved doing that by bike, it, we, we, it's sort of hard to bike cross country and, and uh, people do it, but I don't know, lugging a drum set that way didn't really work for us. So um, we jumped in a van for the last probably eight years, toured heavily that way. And then um, kind of like established ourselves to a point where we uh, were ready to, to dive back in and re- uh, reinvent that bike powered thing. And we found a company actually out in Oakland, California called rock Mm. the bike who Uh who is, um, building these bike generators professionally. And they put on bike powered events out in California and, um, they've done some big stages, 20 to 30 bikes and, um, really awesome stuff. So we, we, um, started buying some of their equipment and Right. right, right before the pandemic, um, had just gotten our first kind of bookings with it and we're, we're setting out to, to do that. And then that all shut down. So we waited a little while. So you were going to do shows with their bikes, like kind of akin to where you're leading going, doing it in Newport. Okay. Right. Right. And so that was the, that was where the, the, the dream kind of rested for a minute during the pandemic. We ended up, uh, investing a, a bit more to the point where we had six bike generators, um, that could power a, small stage sound system Uh um and then we really wanted to do that on in a uh on a stage that we loved and in in a community that we loved and so we pitched that to newport folk fest yeah as initially it was just like hey can we just like do a little pop-up and play for 20 minutes and and it'll just be a fun little thing and right they loved the idea so much they asked us to curate a stage for the whole weekend and and i think we uh had around 12 artists over the weekend, uh, completely powered by bicycle. And then we incorporated solar, um, battery banks as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, incredible experience. It was a, uh, as far as, uh, touring and production goes, it's, uh, almost as bad of a nightmare as, uh, you can imagine just because, usually when you show up to play a gig, the power is the thing that's already figured out and you just plug into something. And so we're, <laughs> we, adds one we're rolling into a show, cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rolling into a show with, you know, a ton of gear that no one has ever seen. Like, what are you talking about? You have to invert the, like, what is that? And right. don't plug my amp into that and that sort of thing. And so we, we learned pretty quickly to be entirely self-contained. We bring every single thing from the, the bikes that power the sound system yeah to to like the speakers that we use and the instruments that we use and um have you done this in venues yet so we have jeff you want to you want to jump in and talk about the venue experience we've done that a handful of times on this last tour um for the first probably 12 or 14 dates like atlanta up throughout the east coast into new york city and then out towards the midwest um we had been taking a portion of the show. It's really hard to integrate this into 
our full everything that we do with our live show. Yeah. But so we said, what can we do? And we realized that we could take just a portion of the show and have it be bicycle powered. Mm -hmm. So we did that like in literally in a club in New York City. Like we played for, it rocked out for 50 minutes. Um, and then we basically have like a little B stage built and we we get people from the audience and, you know, they jump up and then we play a few acoustic songs um, completely off the grid, completely oh, cool you know, all of the electricity is being generated, generated in the room right. in that exact moment. People are engaging with that in a really fun and stimulating way. Um, so it's been something that we have taken beyond just the festival circuit, um, and into the clubs. Um, we're definitely in a, in a place where we're, you know, dreaming up and reimagining how we are going to incorporate this in this coming year because you know it's kind of one of the classic limitations of being in a duo is um you know it just takes a lot of work and physical energy to set things up and coordinate things and yeah. we're basically bringing like another sound system everywhere we go and right. so sometimes and the, you're just like the, the difficult the difficulty of uh, sustaining Doing doing that exactly. in a sustainable which, level, which is ironic. Is yeah, it I know not? the first thing that came uh, to me, and I did, wasn't uh, even want to like uh, stir the shit, but like you yeah. know, if we're bringing bikes to be people powered shows, like what is the cost yeah. of bringing the bike? I mean, it's like just this fucking oh, like it's, the dog chasing the tail and the dragon yeah. chasing the tail, and you it's know, endless. but uh, but it does set, but it sets a good precedent, and just from a philosophical standpoint and from a sustainability, setting the example that this can be done, and it does. It, it raised my awareness of how much electricity. No, you don't. You go to a venue to see music. You don't generally think about Jesus Christ. We're going tonight, and we're going to be using. They're going to be using so much electricity. And what did it take right. to get there? You know, I know people are trying to reduce their carbon footprint as well. By I don't know. Just you know, the argument is airplane. Is it airplane travel or car travel? What uses more, et cetera? Right. Um, right. You know, all of yeah. these things are on the table for us. Yeah. And at a certain point, I think we realized, okay, we're we're probably, you know, th this is. This for us, this is more about pursuing an an idea and and spreading, trying to awaken our minds to the future, and less mm -hmm. about this is a hundred percent the next step in human evolution towards green energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, right, it's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course, that's a good way of putting it. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it raises awareness, right? And yes. it's, yeah, and I, that's important. Yeah, it is, right? And I see it as like an, it's an extension of the ethos of, of what you two guys have done and where you've come from also being organic farmers at one point as well. I love the quote somewhere that I read about how it's so powerful to eat your own food. I mean, not powerful, like, mm. you know, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, empowering yeah, yeah. to eat your own yes. food. And I, I spent some time in my fucking dining room here in downtown Chicago thinking about, God damn, like, I'd love to have a garden. Like, I want to, I remember mm. what it was like in seventh grade horticulture class when we grew our own I still remember the taste of those green onions and carrots that yeah. came out of the ground that I grew, right? When I lived yeah. in the San Fernando Valley and grew up there, like they were not only phenomenal, but it felt really cool. And um, yeah, so, oh my gosh, yeah. that was a, such a big moment for both of us. But I, I just remember, especially for a couple of years there working on the farm, like working all day and then taking lunch and, you know, we'd bring in like meat and bread, whatever from other places, but then just making these monster salads and whatever with literally everything that we had just been harvesting all morning. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, this is, this is really, it's exactly what you said. It's really empowering. And it's, uh, yeah, something that we're still kind of miniature doing, um, in this day and age, I've definitely, um, 
my wife Sarah and I have some raised beds here in Harrisonburg, and then we've we've planted a ton of trees throughout um, throughout COVID. So the cool thing this past year was our elderberries, um, are just like taken off. And, um, so she'll, she'll get all the elderberries and make like an elderberry syrup with that. Mm. And it's just like banging for, uh, like gin cocktails, but then also like putting <laughs> on like your, uh, pancakes and stuff like that. So definitely still keeping the green thumb. Yeah. How'd you guys originally connect Jake? Like, um, you know, was it, it was a uh, college or how'd you guys originally come together and you were a trio at first in terms of musically, but also yeah. personally, like what's, what's the deal? So Jeff and I both went to James Madison university, um, oh. in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And, uh, we were the same year we, we, we met in, I think 2010. Um, yeah. and it just so happened that we had some mutual friends, and one of them was uh, a songwriter and was putting together some songs and was going to play at the like the the campus coffee house, um, mm. which so like is, round about like twenty ten ish. Yes, right around yeah. twenty ten. Um, uh-huh. And so uh, I, the, our Jeff and I's mutual friend, um, uh, didn't know us that well, so he asked me to play bass. I'm I'm the drummer primarily. Yeah. Um. So he asked me to play bass, which I know how to play. I'm just not. I wouldn't hire myself as a bassist <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> wow, ringing um, endorsement. Okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> at least at the time. At the time, I was I was faking it. Right. Um, hey, hey, fake and it till you and mean. he asked Jeff to to play drums, and Jeff's a great drummer. That was his first instrument. Um. Right. So that that that's not as weird, but it was just this this funny thing where we met in this situation where we're both kind of like not doing our main instrument and a little bit just like thrown into the mix and mm-hmm. the gig was a little funny and weird and so we're we're jamming along and then at some point um i think the the lead vocalist wanted to play a cover and it was like a more uh, uh or maybe it was like even a jazz rendition of something and and yeah. i had played some jazz jazz drums in the past and i had no idea how to play bass and so i look over at jeff and i'm like well i could play the, the drums um and he's like great i can play bass and so we swapped and all of a sudden it was like a significantly better band and we we're like oh this is great <laughs> well, yeah whoops and, we were on the wrong instrument <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i think that was like a little moment where we just connected and we we're like Who, who's this guy like what's up with that and right uh, started chatting and uh uh within a couple of days uh i had tickets to go see the flaming lips and jeff came out with me and we we saw a flaming lips show together and started talking about making music and um and then, yeah, that was kind of, that was where it all kicked off. We spent uh, three and a half, four years kind of developing a friendship, evolving and growing in a lot of different ways. We, we played in a, another band at that era that we had started. Um, that was still very cool, but we were swapping instruments a bunch. It was kind of like finding our sound. Um, uh-huh. And then some of those other bandmates moved on and Jeff and I were kind of figuring out what our next step was. I moved away for a year and, and worked construction and, and learned how to kind of do a trade. And, um, and Jeff called me up and was like, Hey, I'm, I want to start a band. And, um, if, if you're in, like, I want to do it with you, but I'm going to do it either way. Like I'm, it's time. I have nothing, I have nothing else that I want to do. I have nothing else. I have nothing else (laughs) going on. And I'm a a horrible person. Is that how you remember it, Jeff? (laughs) That's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I was playing in other, in other bands at the time, but we, I wanted to 
keep playing with Jake. We we had we had just with our previous band, we had just hit the moment where we go, all right, let's do this. Yeah, everybody's in. Quit your jobs. And it was like a week later that band broke up. <laughs> so we never really got the full go. So we formed a literate light um, in 2015, and the uh, the initial a big part of the initial spark and a big change up for us um, was that with our previous band. Um, I really wasn't um, huge on live performance, which is um, kind of funny. And Jake, I don't know if you like totally remember that, but it was like after the show, you know, you and Tim, this is our previous band, you and Tim yeah. would be glowing and, you know, having a good time or whatever. And me and John were just like the, like, kind of like sulking in our like depression about like how <laughs> bad we thought we were, you know, <laughs> and just like just egging each other on like these <laughs> in this melancholy way. And, um, and so I don't know, I just loved writing and I loved the behind the scenes and then playing shows was kind of like the necessary evil. <laughs> really? I would have uh, never, is, I would have never guessed that judging by your shows yeah. today. Well, that, that was, there was a big change when we started illiterate light. It was like the whole thing is, I don't, I don't really know what the shift was. I think it was just a loosening of whatever. But when we formed illiterate light, it was just like, let's really make it about the live show. Let's make that the arena. Let's make mm. that, um, the place that we can really explore and do something cool and unique. Mm. Um, and and that's been the driving, you know, vision of the band ever since, and still is. Yeah, we're really like diving into stuff differently in the studio now, which is great. But I mean, we are such live music junkies. We want to have a performance that is really, really, you know, stimulating for us, um, and then also is just really dynamic for a crowd to watch. Um, so that was really off the bat when we formed the band. It was like touring and live music like that that's it um and so that that was kind of the that was what kicked things off and that's still driving things well yeah but what, what was like the spark that made that happen i like what you're saying about like the transition like all of a sudden you're 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 in this space where performance became way more important than you probably ever thought it would be obviously you know you didn't start looking for that um but what what was the thing that turned the corner did you when you jump down to the crowd the first time or, you know, I don't know. What, what, that's that? a great question. Uh, you know, uh, I was going through a lot of changes. Um, this was 2015 and, um, I remember, so the first illiterate light tour we ever did, um, we came through Chicago and, um, we played a little club that's not there anymore, but it's called Moe's tavern it was like a pool hall mm -mm. and uh we played a diy spot called euphoria which was a hostel um and the the purpose of that tour the tour was booked around a two-year um program that i had started um to learn about uh meditation and living in this is going to sound funny but living an active life like it was called the living school for contemplation and action hmm. it's based out based out of albuquerque new mexico and um so it's kind of an online program but i would go out for about a week at a time over the course of two years and um you know in in 2014 or 2015 i had this like <laughs> just some sort of sense i was looking for more meaning and purpose uh in in my life and i felt like i was like I'd like rich, uh, I'd reached like the edge of my own 
egoic capacity. I was like, I, I need, I want to go further somewhere in my life and I don't know what to do or how to get there. And I need somebody else to kind of help me and teach me. Um, and so I felt like I hit some sort of ceiling within my own self. And so within that, I was looking to start doing things in my life that would, uh, push me and challenge me and open me up from my little shell. Yeah. And so yeah, that's one of those, I like, is, I like that a lot. I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. One, one of those is getting, being on stage and being more vulnerable and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whatever, we're still a rock band, but just opening up, you know, and, and not really living in the shadows hey, as Being much. vulnerable doesn't mean you're not a rock band, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <that's laughs> Quite so the true. contrary sometimes I think also, I mean, absolutely. you know, yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, that was a big. Unless you start wearing was, like eyeliner and I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Then you, then maybe it's email. <laughs> well, give me a, a call. Email, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. So so that was a little bit of what was. I mean, that's what was going on in my life at the time. I was like, I want to. I was twenty five, and I was like, I just, I want. I'm looking for something. I'm not really happy with like where where I am. Oh. Um, and so I think I was just really open to trying uh, to put myself in positions that were gonna gonna lead to some change yeah um yeah so that's so, that's so probably, you were like looking for something yeah. bigger you knew there was you knew you had something more to offer and you were looking for what that outlet or that channel would be and you open yourself absolutely. up to that yeah absolutely I get yeah that. And i it, get that yeah from even yeah. from a creative standpoint you know i was looking to for example you know, I was looking to what, what is out there in media that I can do. And because I knew I had, mm. know I have something to offer and, and here we are today, but yeah, I get that a lot about, you know, if you, if you have something and you know, you have something, um, it's just not, it's not going to immediately come to you. You do have to put yourself out there. Right. Yeah, right. In and some, so, in and, some way. And then there's that channel kind of opens. Yeah, absolutely. And Jake is, uh, is, is really, um, a, a pretty like natural, you know, performer. Like when we formed the band, we felt like we were kind of playing with these two polarities. Um, this is the way we approached it philosophically was mm-hmm. that there's like, there's the light and the dark, um, uh, and, and they are, you know, coexisting with each other. And Jake was a lot of that light outward, um, energy and i was a lot of like the sort of dark inner energy (laughs) and we were kind of playing with those two things energetically um and that is is it still is it still like that but it's do you think that's true jake are you who's the light and who's the dark here dude jump in anytime i'm way darker than i used to be i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) hanging around this guy apparently i know Uh, yeah i've 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 it is interesting because that like yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. our stage presence is um, just sort of like an amplified version of our personalities. We've talked about that a lot. Sure. It's like, and, and you see yeah. that all over performance. It's sort of like, take what right. who you are, what you're good at, but then expand it, make it big and special. Um, like that's the performance aspect of it. Um, but I there's definitely times now where um, I've gotten a little older and I'm like, I, I like my private time and and just kind of doing my own thing and um a lot of times i'm so expressive on stage like to the to the point of manic that i'll like come after the show i'll talk to fans and just be hanging out and kind of in this mode where i'm just like a pretty normal sounding person and 
uh, people are like, are you okay? Like, what's, are, is this what you're normally like? Like, I thought you were that guy, but you're this guy. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I've, I've, uh, I've darkened in a good way. I've kind of embraced the, uh, the ability to be a little quieter and, and enjoy some, uh, some solitude. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, 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 I see that light and dark also with Jeff writing primarily most of the lyrics, right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. or all yeah. or most or i i don't know i i you know um yeah most yeah, most, yeah. We, we and and those are like yeah. like today and i want to talk about the new album that's coming out january 27th and i think this episode's going to come out probably that, that that exact same week so we're really on on good schedule here but it's sunburned and um yeah. there's a bunch of new singles out right now uh we're going to talk about fuck la because i'm from la and i know it's not about that but i want to talk about that anyway i'm like what the fuck are these guys saying fuck la and then i started we're gonna we're gonna and it's not really about that everyone so we're gonna talk about that but um they are super deep and i know you had some unfortunate situations with the passing of your father and um i i've sensed that change in illiterate lights vibe from a from a lyrical standpoint to something that's very profound, um, mm. almost dark, I'd like to say, but not in a, it's gotta be dark to, to elicit feelings too, a little bit from my standpoint. So you're preaching to the choir on that one, but there is that, that balance and duality and that there are two of you guys playing two different roles. Um, so those roles have evolved over the course of, of time. I kind of like what you're saying, Jake and, and Jeff, and they sort of, they, they they switch off just to go back to kind of where you were, what you right. were saying about being on the little bit more on the dark side. Yeah, I, it's it's a uh, you know we've both grown and changed and and touring has changed us a ton. Like I think a lot of the what I'm talking about as far as maybe initially or in Jeff and I's relationship, I was far more extroverted, um, but mm. living on the road for months at a time um, has certainly. Uh, shown me the the exhaustion that I I feel if I'm just always out there, um, and so yeah, it's just like the uh, the I think it's a pretty natural pattern of 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 growing and and reserving myself or my energy for very specific moments, and then also just like maybe providing some space for Jeff to do his thing, and and uh, yeah, there, there's actually the, a really beautiful moment of this early on for us. Um, uh, probably a, a year and a half into us performing. And so it's it's like from what Jeff was just saying about that first tour, fast forward a year and a half and we're playing yeah. a show in Richmond, Virginia at a little venue called the camel and um, incredible spot that we really developed at over the years played over and over. Um, and we, this was a stage where we had, it was the first time outside of our small hometown that we had made fans like people that we didn't know as friends that were coming out to see us and were excited about the music and that was and it was an insane cool. concept for <laughs> yeah, us yeah. you know like what these people are yeah, who Jeff, like, you're laughing um but yeah <laughs> you talk about after the show like did you see that one guy there i didn't i'd never, never seen him guy. before yeah. um yeah it was really interesting like he came <laughs> um <Yeah>. but we <laughs> we in this excitement um, I had kind of like amped up my stage character and like, just like make it as crazy as possible and like fill every space with like excitement and like fast paced energy and, and, um, and we were getting ready to go on to the show and we were backstage and, uh, 
Jeff just kind of like pulled me aside and was just like, hey, I just want to like talk about this for a second. Like I, I want you, I love what you're doing and I love your energy, but but I I need you to like see that you've got to create space for me. There's got to be a balance. And basically, I think Jeff, what you said was like, um, you, yeah, you need to make space and trust that I will fill that space or trust that the space doesn't need to be filled. And it was a, a real moment of like, um, I, Jeff saying that he trusted me and anything that I did, he was going to follow, but that he wanted that reciprocation and I needed to give him that space and that trust. Mm. And it was like a, a very life-changing moment for us as performers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Working out the philo- your own philosophy. Yeah. It's sort of like working out of the boundaries of a relationship. Okay. You were talking too much this one day, right? Or for example, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, something like, and that sort of bothered me. You got to let me do my thing. You got to let me kind of, and this is what I'm going to do. So, and that, that's super interesting because for those that don't know, you guys have an extremely lively live performance and that's why we're talking about it so much. And uh, yeah, it's, it's super gripping. And um, uh, you know, anyone who's listening, please go and see a literate light when they come to a town near you. <laughs> but that's right. Just, I super, remember, yeah, I, re- I remember a big part of that was saying, yeah. you know, when you, it was like, when you go up, I'm going to go there with you. Like I'll follow right. you up. And, right. and a lot of times Jake is the one that's going to push it there. Um, and it was like equally, like when I go down, like I want you to like go down with like, you know, down into like our depths and our soul. Like let's go down there, there together too, you know? And, and so just learning how to balance and, and, and ride those waves together has been, a really big piece of it. Well, isn't that part and parcel of the, the piece of music that you're playing at the time? Why would you guys be on the different kind of vibe page at any moment during the show, though? I mean, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember it really well. Not to, we I don't mean to just... criticize, but like that sort of, that just kind of a, uh, just came yeah, to Yeah, it's, it was, and, and you know, in all fair, fairness, like Jake, what what happened that night was like there. It was really no, there was zero intention. There was no mal intention at yeah, all. Of but course I not. Remember, of course you know, not. I just meant like, like, why would you guys be going uh, in different directions? Is that the thing? I, I know you do? it's funny. We we were playing a song called "Vacant Lover," um, which was off our first album, and uh, the first half of it, um, there's there's no drums, and it's really sparse, and it's really uh, you know, it's like kind of going into this a little bit more of this lonely, um, sort of space. And I just, I looked out at like a few of our friends in in the front row and they were like, kind of like, uh, like laughing a bit, like looking over to the other side of the stage. And I was like, I thought I was kind of creating this like, you know, dark moment. And I was like, what the hell is going on over there? And Jake was kind of like, kind of dancing and like, and it was like totally funny. Right. Um, but it was also like, yeah, we weren't on the same page for a moment there. I get that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So shit, it's like that um, just happens in life, and you know, like we, yeah. I think that was. I don't know why that happens, but well, we yeah, talk about it. I would think, and I've seen you, you, you guys perform, and um, you know, there's there's both of you, your vocals and the instruments that you play individually, but kind of the third thing is your live, the performance vibe that you give out. So I think it from where I, you know, I think it probably represents a a decision that how are we going to play quote unquote, this song emotionally? 
And there yeah. can be a divergence in that. And, you know, you can take it from the humorous side of, you know, let's dance around during what Jeff sees, you know, if Jake, you're dancing while Jeff's seeing something kind of dark, that's just kind of a personal interpretation. But to really create a vibe in the room, that needs to be on the same page a little bit. Am I, is that kind of, does that make any Absolutely. sense to you guys as a theory? <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I think we have gotten better at like, um, at feeling you know song performances change night to night and some songs mm. some yeah there there's there's times i don't know i think we've gotten a, a hell of a lot better at just a quick glance at each other yeah uh, well you know there, there's a technical thing that's going on here too that's like uh if you're if you're not a musician i don't know if this is gonna click completely but you know the early days of il like with the foot bass element, like I'm playing bass with my feet yeah. um, during during the live show, and it's a very f- funky thing to do, and it requires, especially when I was starting out, it just required me to stare down a lot. I mean, I wasn't Ooh. very, uh, you know, engaging to the crowd or or to Jake because I was literally just watching, it's like a figuring out how to playing. do it. It's really hard. Yeah, and so Jake was was like pulling you know, and carrying a lot of the dynamism of the show because he is able to look at people, you know, and he is able to like, uh, like take his shirt off. And it's like, it's very, you know, and so, um, so we've, the, the more I've gotten comfortable, even on the technical side of playing the foot bass, uh, the more I can, I can, you know, we can make eye contact on stage and, and it is a, it is a vibe. I think about that, like it's a vibrational field. It's like being on the same wavelength together. Mm, Yeah. And, and whenever we lock in, it's like, I'll go high, we'll go low. I I don't know. It's things, things feel, um, a, a lot more in tune these days, but, um, yeah, that's a little monologue rant on on that sort of thing. Yeah, hardly a rant. Like Jake, what do you think? How does that um does that sort of resonate with I, you I in quit. terms of like the energy and where you're going and what? I said I quit. You quit. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. All right, I'll take your place. There you though, go. You no, I, that makes great. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. There. I mean, I I think a thing that is underlying all of this is that um with live performance, Jeff and I also really believe in experimenting and. Uh, feeling each yeah. night out, um, the, the, some of the things that we have talked about even before then, but we still to this day talk about like the, the yes and sort of concept that, that comes, mm. uh, at least the way I learned about it was, uh, improv comedy where it's like, if somebody does something, you don't, there's no saying no, you have to say yes. And then you can introduce something else. That doesn't always have to mean more intense, more more energy. And I think that was some of the thing we were learning that night is like Interesting. If yeah. Jeff is just add something. Right. If Jeff is saying, uh, like I'm going like dark and gloomy, then I have to say like yes to that. And maybe maybe my and is like, yes, I'm going to get out of the way. Or I'm gonna like hide so that the, this whole thing can come down or, or like uh yeah. You I think I think that point is coming across. Um but then also just, yeah, like we, early on and still to this day, every song that we play um, has the ability to change for that night. Like we, we, one of the things that we really love and I think are pretty exceptionally good at is that if something goes wrong or if something odd happens in the room or with a musical note or somebody kicks the song off fast or slow, 
and we realize it mm. rather than treat it like a mistake. And, or, or nightmare technical yeah. problems too. <laughs> yeah. Amps blowing uh, up, breaking right. drums. We, um, we, we yeah, incorporate yeah. that into the show and play with it. And, and um, that's everything from, I think, one of the one of our shows where we were in New York City and it was we knew that Atlantic Records was coming out to watch us play basically they were they were wanting to give us an offer but their their president or vice president or somebody was going to come out and see us this night and we basically just had to not <laughs> fail is how we felt and no right 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 no nerves at all with, <laughs> within <laughs> within like minutes uh Jeff's bass thing messes up and like isn't making any noise and then and then I think later in the show, once you get that figured out, your guitar amp caught on fire. It was just like the most yeah. technical, insane, insane show that we have ever had. But we <laughs> we wrote it, show. and it was like a uh, it yeah. became this really beautiful moment where we incorporated the yeah. crowd and we played some acoustic stuff and we we rocked it. And and I don't know if the label liked they they signed us after it, so they were at least happy enough. But um, right. for us, it was a big victory and just like. I don't really care who's out there, what they're thinking. Once we're on stage, uh, it's like it's about that moment and it's about whatever happens, making it into something uh, enjoyable and entertainment. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your guys' live performance. Um, you guys have been compared to so many different... I've never heard so many different band references in all the literature from, <laughs> you know, Head in the Heart, you guys, the Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Band of Horses, My Morning Jacket, Neil Young, and and you guys cover My Morning Jacket live, which is... You're one of the few bands... I, tell me another band that covers My Morning Jacket live. I'm a big My Morning Jacket fan. I've had Tom... Uh, Blankenship on the show, Bo Coster on this mm. show. Now I've got you guys on this show. Um, let's talk about my morning jacket for a minute. So, why? Tell me about the background, and you know, when did this? Uh, when did this all this love affair with jackets start? Let's talk about it. For me, um, my brother gave me evil urges uh, after I got dumped in my senior year of high school. Um, it was 2008 <laughs> yeah. and that was my summer. Like, that was your anthem. breakup album. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, I worked my way backwards from there through the rest of their discography. And then I've been, you know, journeying with them, uh, ever since. Um, but like my, you know, I mean, my, my brothers were, and my dad, he was a huge jacket fan and, mm. um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the the thing that really is hitting home for me um so much these days i'm just such a fan of of you know every every now and then i start getting in my head about some things and i feel like are we you know the point that you just made about it's so cool that there's so many references for illiterate light every now and then are you, you know you get that? stuck in your uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm saying every now and then that feels like a bad thing in my head. And I'm like, are we spreading ourselves too thin? Are we all over the place? Is, but is it really, is it not cohesive? Blah, blah, blah. Oh man. Um, I, I, I totally think that people just like writers or whomever media just tries to categorize here and something because you yeah. guys uh, occupy a absolute take. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going with this. You guys occupy yep. an a totally unique lane. So how are we talking about this lane? How can we explain that they're completely different than everybody else, except 
and the irony is by comparing them to others. Like it's just right. Weird. Well, yeah. the the thing that really has been hitting home for me recently um, within the MMJ conversation is that that's what those guys have done too. I mean, they're so uh, yeah. for mm-hmm. for me their their music it spans so many genres. There's so many influences. There's depth. There's play. There's darkness. There's light. There's just it really yeah. covers a lot of what it feels like to be a human being. And I, I really, you know, want to do the same, um, within our own music. And, and so I feel like, um, that's especially not, not only, you know, I, I've, I grew up listening to Jim. And so a lot of my singing style is like, you know, uh, influenced very deeply by him. Mm -hmm. So there's that, but I think, you know, beyond that, I think some of the jacket fans are digging what we're doing because they're really, open people, open-minded look, you know, like totally music lovers, totally down to go on a journey. And not every band cultivates a fan base like that. So big, big kudos to them. I mean, that's just like, I just have so much respect for that. So there's the music and then there's this whole other thing. And for, you know, for me, it's like, you're trying to find a path, you know, (laughs) like, like there's, yeah, you're trying to find like your mentors, your people, your the people that have gone ahead of you and mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, charted out some of the terrain. And so th- those guys, there's a handful of bands that are that for me, but they're definitely really one of the biggies. Yeah, well, I mean, how much how different would it be if you weren't in Jim singing in Jim's range also? Kind of occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of it's, like, it, you know, it's like uh, the one hand washes the other, whatever. What's the expression that I'm looking for? It's like, you know, yeah. you're putting that yeah. you're putting and, that peg in the right hole, I think, in other words. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there, there's that too. Yeah, it's like there is something, I don't know. Uh, it's a chicken it's, before, it's, it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. Well, I, I'm just a reverb junkie as well, you know, <laughs> right, right, and right, like, right. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, those, but those guys. That said, um, your point about, um, drawing from so many different influences is like is totally spot on, and there are those mm. those um, those un- unique similarities from there. Uh, yeah, that I really agree with. Um, Jake, yeah. what's what's your uh, what's your view on them? Are you as big of a jacket fan as Jeff? Yeah, is? I am. Yeah, it was it, for the many different influences that Jeff and I have had over our lives, and the the different bands that we love. That was a band from the get-go that both of us knew their entire catalog so when we became friends it was yeah. like that was the easy language to be to like if we're playing something it could we could reference one of their songs be, make it more like that or you know whatever the um yeah yeah and uh and yeah i think like something that jeff and i really love is is like naming influences and being proud of that and and owning like the things that have shaped us and the things that we love and uh my morning jacket was a clear one for us and neil young is a clear one for us um and also just like there are so many different genres and subgenres and and artists at this point it's kind of like i just want to have a i just want to have a clan i just want to have people that that like get what we're doing and and like some of the same stuff and um i, I would love it if our music made it to everybody you know that that's that's great but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly you don't have a problem with it because you are like you are covering jacket. There, there are bands that <laughs> are compared to other bands that just were like, we're not covering that because it's too cliche. Yeah. You know, right? Right. I never really. Yeah, we we very early on. We also said we kind of had this joke going early on. It was like, you know, 
because uh, Jake was in jazz bands and stuff, and I, would, I was in jam bands and rock bands and whatever. And it was like, there's kind of like standards within it. Like, if you get together with a few cats and you're like trying to rock, it's like, let's just, maybe let's just start with some 12 bar blues. You yeah. know, like it's kind of a known thing, right? In jazz, there's, you know, the real book, fake book, things like there's standards and stuff. And we always joked about like, what's the indie rock? handbook standards you know like what (laughs) i don't like how come you don't go down to a bar and see people playing like uh at least where where we are like uh wilco or you know um band of horses or arcade fire or something and we were just kind of like man we love like we love this music and it's like a way for us to get our chops up and just be like like, it's spun out so far (laughs) from what the original rock 60s and 70s if you go to a jam band community and say that it's going to be like dead or fish or somebody that those are the the dead's kind of the standards for those you know but then you sort of go down the tree has expanded its roots so far down that there's like silos of who you know there's the wilco i know the you know uh um uh you know what have you there's cream yeah. zeppelin there's rock it just depends on what silo what silo you're in you know yeah velvet it, underground it just, for but, example or neil young or yeah right yeah and it also just feels so important to just have the people uh i don't know i've always been really open to about like the the neil young side of things because i'm just like he's he's my dude you know like yeah. he's 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 my guy and I want to, I love playing his music and there's no, I don't know, the the whole, the snobbery of indie rock, unfortunately, gets into this world of like, I don't know, you've got to be super, I don't even know what the word is for it. It's like, just unique and original and you're not like anybody else. And it's just kind of, I like, I just very nauseated by that. And so very early on, we were like, hey, let's just name who the biggies are. Like, let's, this is, this music's amazing. And, um. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and name any names, but whenever there's a band out there that puts out a song or a record that sounds exactly like somebody else and they don't, you know, openly acknowledge it, it's always just like a little bit uh, off-putting to me. Um, so I, I think we've just tried to be like, let's let's just like rap about how awesome these bands are and we're doing our own thing too. Yeah, there's no way that you can't do your own thing. I mean, you did say that you it also is possible to not do your own thing. However, you know, there is the human creativity, the creativity factor of if I create something that is mine, unless it's a full on copy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, there are degrees of that. I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily fall into the, into the category of hating bands for being super derivative because I don't, 100% agree that that's possible because there are created by individuals unless you're absolutely flat out covering somebody. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, there's a fine line there, but there's homage and there's loving another band and there's having influences. And in the case of what you guys are doing, I think there's understanding what your influences are, respecting them, but operating in your absolutely own unique lane you know i mean i didn't bring up all the references i just thought it was humorous that people are trying to categorize you guys but i think you guys operate in a totally unique lane and your live performances are just outstanding and really set you apart not only that the two-person format is is absolutely and utterly unique well well. on the topic of other artists too i mean early on um it it was just like in between house shows and, and DIY shows and clubs and stuff. It was like, we've played so many three or four hour bar gigs of just covers, mm. just working for tips. And that yeah. was where we, um, I, 
you know, I, I think every now and then like some of the, uh, MMJ fans or something like it's, um, like I could, <laughs> you know, if I took, if I took like, a, like I can play like jacket for like three hours because we used to do that. Like at like little, <laughs> you know, yeah. like bars around here and stuff. And like, I, I'm such a fan of their music and like wanted to learn as much of it as possible and can't wing all of it at this point. But like we did that with a ton of artists too. I mean, the band, Bob Dylan, um, like even the Flaming Lips and Fleet, uh, Fleet Foxes and stuff, like all these bands, it was like, I want to be able to play like an hour straight of their material. Sure. And so, so yeah, that was, that was really big for us early on is just like grinding, you know, it's just shedding, just wood shedding and getting your chops together. Yeah, and, not just doing like, you know, sh- full shows of covers, but like jam band, I'm pretty familiar with the jam band community and Every totally. show, jam band, like at least in one set, if not both sets, are covering songs. Are yeah, covering yeah. one song from whatever the two dozen North Star bands that they have out yeah. there, or songs yeah, they just think yeah. are fucking cool, you know. And I think yeah. that's another fun element of doing what bands do, and you know, everyone out there loves it. And yeah, you know. You guys are notable in the jacket community because you're the only ones that are doing jacket covers like that. <laughs> and Jeff, your voice is just fucking spot on and insane. <laughs> Jake's laughing it's, at yeah, that. No, no I, I know. It. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's been really cool. You know, like like to reiterate what Jake said. Like it's honestly in this, you know, it's kind of a little bit of like a, um, a, a very very decentralized world that we live in, and we're still trying to find our people in our home, and so it really is cool when we have people come up to us at our shows and they go, I came here cause I heard about you through the my morning jacket Facebook page and people are really talking about you guys on there. And really, I mean, that means a lot, you know, and it's like, it's a, it's a very cool community that yeah. we're honestly, we feel like a, a part of. Well, and let me so just that, make that clear too that, okay, it's one thing to get up there and do a song, but you're fucking crushing the vocals. I mean, last night we were laughing. I I joined your Instagram live last night, just like just before I go to, went to bed, I just saw it was on there. You killed at dawn and wordless. And it's not easy to do that, but it was like perfection. So people are oh, talking right about you in that community because you're doing covers, but people also would stop talking about you if it weren't good. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, that's, 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 that's cool here. Yeah, that's that's really funny. But yeah, yeah right. those like oh they're, the, oh they're, those guys. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah no, no it's, that's not it. happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and it's cool. I, I I feel like on this album too for Sunburned. Yeah. Um, there there are moments um, where you feel the that that influence, um, and then there's a lot of moments um, where. I don't know. We just went into different territory. Um, even, even like, uh, heaven bends, um, which is a song that we put out a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just incorporating some more like synthy type stuff, some more drum machine stuff, some yeah. more grungy stuff. I, f- I feel like, um, our, our own sound too is just expanding in, into, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just really, opening up in the studio and totally, just finding totally agree. You know, i was like, going to use the word expansive also so the, yeah the the big the big question the big thing that uh has been so helpful f- for me um in the last couple of years um has been initially it was kind of like you know it's it's it, this comes down to like identity um and the identity of the band and initially it kind of felt like the identity of our band was 
kind of based around our live instrumentation. Like that's what, that's who we are. That's our sound. Mm -hmm. uh, like Illiterate Light is Jeff on guitar and foot bass, Jake on drums, us singing. And for me, the reframe that has been really cool has been Illiterate Light is anything that me and Jake make together. And yeah, however we, we get there, whatever tools we use, it's kind of just like, uh, as long as both people feel any sense of connection to it and, 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 uh, you know, creative contribution to it, then I would say that that's illiterate light. Um, and that might seem like such a small thing for somebody on the outside, but mm -hmm. that was a really big reframe for us for this record to know, cool, well then let's play some other instruments. Let's, ch you know, chop things up in this way. Let's just well, expand and, and open up. Did you have some, were you kind of locked into a certain box of a way you thought you wanted to sound or what is that like to, to have created a prior album and then sort of move in another direction? Cause I do think that it's an, it's an evolution, which is only another word of saying that it's a change. It's not a massive left-hand turn, U-turn or whatever, but it is a next step and it feels logical and it, and it, and it feels, um, and it's really great. I, I, I love the new album, listen to the whole thing. And it's, it's, it's really right beautiful. On. Um, but what was that thing that was in your head about what you thought you were supposed to be? Hmm. For, for me, it, it was, how does this happen live? I mean, everything came down to the live show and uh -huh. how does this work yeah. live? Yeah. And that, limitation um has been really helpful at certain times to mm -hmm. just know it's got to work live yeah and then it's been really stifling as a as a writer at other times mm. and so you know the song that we're putting out um when the day the record obviously the whole everything's coming out the day the record comes out but the focus track the day the record comes out is a song called hellraiser and um it's it's not our live instrumentation at all i mean it's written it's more based around keys and drums so will you be able to perform it live we've we've found a way figured it out so many <laughs> bands i talked to were it. like do you do how do you focus on do you focus on like performance while you're writing and they're like fuck it we just do it in the studio and then we figure it out later mm -hmm. which sounds like what I, you've done i'm feeling that right now yeah i, I that's that's opened things up. Is that um, why last for, night you were talking sure. about how I'm still working stuff out? And I'm like, wait, working stuff out? You guys have already tracked <laughs> all this shit out. It's coming out in two weeks. Or well, whatever. last night I was I was playing stuff off of our new, new record. Oh, new, new. Uh, okay, yeah, that's what I yeah, thought too. So, yeah, 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 Jake, I was playing like Slow yeah. Down Time and um, stuff like that. Uh, so Great that's song, something that we... Way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah, really yeah. Feeling, feeling good about so that. So let's, let's, let's we, go back and talk about the recording of this new material and then looking at it from a performance standpoint and you know jake jump in sure. at any time i'd like to get how you feel about that too but since it's keys and guitar and bass down on you jeff uh unless jake you're telling me you're helping out on keys or something you're like a john o'ricks now or what? <laughs> so i am actually yeah, uh, yeah i'm kind of like i'm i'm covering some different ground live um you know oliver woods always like you know when we hired jono as a drummer we didn't know we were getting a keyboard player too i'm like bonus so man yeah john did you package. ask for more money there you go. yeah <laughs> i mean if i started asking for more money then jeff's foot would have to get some back pay so um yeah, there you go okay <laughs> right 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 good point <laughs> but we yeah there so i uh, live 
one of our things that uh, has just always worked for us is that we we create all of the sound live. We're not playing to tracks. Um, and that has just made sense to us. It's how we like to perform. And, and there's no shade that we're putting out to- towards bands that do that. But it's just... Uh, we tried it once to, b- to bands that have recorded so you don't have recorded yeah we don't have tracks. like a pre-recorded you, you play it click uh-huh. track okay. or anything we're, we're just Fair. out there listening to each other and and every sound you hear is because one of us is making that sound uh and that that's yeah, like yeah. a so, so i guess the, the reason i bring that up is because when a normal band would say oh we in the, we created a really expansive song in the studio and then we're going to go figure out how to play that live. A lot of times what that means is you take the keys and you put it into a track and it all it all is just kind mm-hmm. of like happening. And then you play whatever you can. Yeah, and you've got like it. a laptop there right, that you're right. just hitting. So we just yeah, decided yeah, yeah. not to do that. We we um And that gives us the the freedom to move and change and, and flow uh, like we have always mm-hmm. loved to do. And then it. It you it usually pushes us to to make a more interesting live arrangement that that works better live than it is just like a replication of the studio sound. So the live version of this song that yeah. Jeff is talking about, Hellraiser, um, I'm I ha- I now have uh what's called a Roland SPDSX sample pad. It's it's a big drum pad with nine separate uh, pads on it that I can it, a lot of a lot of drummers will use it for like electronic drum sounds but um yeah. i'm loading up bass notes on it and playing it like a giant bass xylophone so it's like uh oh, cool i'm playing the 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 drum beat and carrying the bass line uh and mm-hmm. jeff is there therefore able to take some of the what was on keys turn it into a guitar part and then um yeah so we're just like moving things around that way um and then i also right. now have a little um a little yamaha keyboard that i bring with me for certain songs where i'm 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 throwing it on top of my drum set and playing it so i'm playing either keys or drums i'm not uh i'm not doing both at the same time but i can yeah i'm uh we have some intros to songs that that i pull out the keys and and play the intro on keys and then we go into a heavier section later and um so we really it's just sort of like it's still all about what can we do just the two of us live but because we're both multi-instrumentalists and we like to push this edge of of like live creativity we're just finding new ways to do stuff no one says that it has to sound exactly what it sounds like on the album also exactly i I like remember that i like it when i like bands better (laughs) when their live show is different it to me it's like i know the song and i want to see a new version if i'm if i want to listen to the song i'm just going to put the record on and take a walk so yeah i mean let's not change the vocal the lyrics or anything jeff right but i mean you know from a from an intro here or an outro there or something you know i mean it's it's about feel for you guys, and I think that really works because you know your 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 feel and vibe is is active and energetic, and it's there. Um, how's it feeling so far? Now I'm really curious to see you guys perform these songs. Though. Um, yeah, you got to come out to our Lincoln Hall show in yeah, uh, April. Yeah, We're April, doing Friday, April twenty second uh, at Lincoln Hall. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I'll nice. be there. It's the I mean playing this stuff live has has been awesome. Um, it, it really has been. There's. And, you know, it's always funny because it's like w- one of the songs that hits hardest live right now, we just toured from August or late August or early September 
all the way till Thanksgiving, you know, 50 or 60 shows throughout um, the U.S. and dipping into Canada. So every night we're playing about half new material and half stuff off our first album. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Feb 1st is a song that we put out. uh, Not crazy streaming numbers or anything like that, um, but like a real high point of the show every single like it's a song that people don't know you know it's just like we we put it out like in november or something so it came out later on in that tour but it was it was really just cool to see okay these songs are trans translating live and people are really feeling the energy and and the moment um and they they felt great there there's still a couple that were still fine-tuning and tweaking and we've taken them out played them live a few times and just little things come up where we got to go back to the drawing board. Um, but we've played every song live now and, and, you know, light me up like the lead single on the new album is, that's been so fun to play live. It's, I can't put my finger on it, but there's this whole bridge section where it gets into this, like just kind of thrashy guitar thing. And, um, Jake will often jump out into the crowd and kind of mosh a little bit. And it's just been like this epic moment in the show. I'm I'm not I don't I don't mean this being nitpicky at all, but how do you get to and just to explore this a little bit, how do you get to a performance and kind of say, yeah, that didn't really work because presumably you've rehearsed the songs and you've played it before. So why didn't you know that it didn't work by the time you got there? Is it somehow different to play it when you're playing question shit comes up or like tell me? And, I, a, and Jeff, I, I don't mean to be nitpicky about that at all. I just want to explain no, what you were talking about. That's a great question because it's not like it flops in that halfway through I realized I forgot all the lyrics and we got to keep practicing it. You know, it's not right. Yeah, yeah, clearly, clearly. It, it's, it is something different and it's, it's, a, it's a more so an intuition and a gut feeling like um, this, there's, there's not a... Gotcha. moment in the set for this um mm. you know like Just, that we yeah something comes we, we to light br- and during that live performance yeah yeah gotcha. exactly okay. we didn't we didn't take people there uh, an aha moment like uh oh wait i didn't see that coming yeah, yeah. It's just the it's a yeah, it's it's you know, it's the vibe. It's the vibe in the room of just um you know, i'm thinking about like automatic uh jake. It's like it's it's like 50% of the time uh, it's people are really loving it. And then fit the other 50% of the time, it's like some, I, I can't put my finger on it. It's just like something just sucks right now. <laughs> 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 like don't know what it is to be honest with you. Um, right. and so sometimes it just feels like, you know, we just need to keep tweaking out. Li- it's little, everything it's at this point, it's all these little micro adjustments, you know, it's yeah. just little things and little things. And we'll, we'll, um, we have no fear of, of playing a song that is even half written, you know, like, uh, that second verse isn't even really written. And I'm just mumbling random lyrics in the moment. We do that sort of stuff. Mm. We've done that a lot in the past and, and we're not afraid to do that. And it's a great way to just feel out is the energy of this riff translating in a show, but it's a thing. It's a gut feeling. It's just like, yeah, it's not ready. Let's put you know, let's focus on something else. Yeah. Jake, is it different from a drummer perspective in terms of what we've been talking about translating the songs over? I mean, we talked a little bit about your, you know, um, triggering beats Mm -hmm. or triggering bass or keyboards, et cetera. But like from an energetic kind of feel perspective, um, does it 
does what does that look like for you in trying to bring it from the studio to yeah. to uh to live performance yeah so drumming between how i drum in the studio versus live um doesn't change that much because uh, i have made the decision um for this band i drum standing up i, I it's a unique setup that i've kind of developed over the years but that's part of where mm. our stage energy comes from and um that idea came from wanting the live performance to be really engaging and to put the drums up front and yeah um, totally works when we translated i'm gonna guess that you stand in the studio too y- yeah so when we started recording those songs i uh i had to i had to stand up in the studio because the first time i sat down to play i realized i was making very different decisions and they're subtle decisions but it's the kind of thing where as a drummer right? the 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 <laughs> choosing the rim of my snare drum as what I'm like, you know, just like clicking on the rim as opposed to the hi-hat. Yeah, just little subtle things about groove um, and where a tom is placed. I I do one type of fill versus another type of fill. And so, uh, yeah, in order to record and, and for it to really feel like the songs that we were playing live, I made the decision to record standing up um, and I, so I did that for this album, Sunburned, as well. Um, and that that means that like the drumming can stay pretty consistent from the record to the the show. Um, but then what's really different for me is that uh, for the show, since I've added in this way that I'm playing bass with the sample pad, um, I am having to simplify or change certain drum beats so that with my left hand, I can play bass. And then with my other limbs i'm i'm still playing drums so that that adds a layer of complexity um Hmm. but i it's it it feels more like a practice thing than it does um yeah the the more i play it that way the more natural it feels um so it's got to be fun for you to be able to explore these kind of new avenues of of performance and really kind of challenges you to go to a different level in your own um technique and drumming and not only drumming but also triggering other stuff and like yeah i've drumming blows my mind anyway (laughs) like being able to do four different things with each limb it's like what yeah i've (laughs) started um, i've started doing a little bit of writing using that sample pad like like putting bass notes uh with on my sampler and then starting there and and then playing drums and bass all by like totally just me and thinking of melodies based on that um right and it's it's a very different way to approach songwriting than for me sitting down with an acoustic guitar what i'm going to come up with with an acoustic guitar is incredibly different than the the rhythmic approach um so yeah it's 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 a really fun thing to play with right now um and it's it's a something i'm sure i'll continue to develop so cool so cool jeff so uh lyrically man this album is really deep dude and we t- started out talking i were we on the air when we were talking about the cemetery right because we talked for a while before we even got here but, okay yeah so um I, i'm really sorry for your loss um I appreciate that yeah you lost your dad in like what was it, 2020? In December of 2020. Yeah, yeah. I lost my dad that year yeah. also. Oh, um, man. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Thank you. Um, and a really good friend of mine this past year that was fucked, man, to lose a friend mm. who was like a little 10 years older than me, but like it was just, um, God damn, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, grief and, um, and sorrow and that something you said about how, um, and I'm going to quote, like my grief found its way into the record sonically and emotionally, but not topically. And that's, that's really cool. Like that. It's just sort of became part of you and reflected in yeah. the music as well. Like talk to me about that. that. That felt so yeah. For folks that are, um, listening out there, it's, you know, it's, I mentioned a little bit about what was going through my head and, and what was happening in my life, um, in 2015 and things I was looking for. Um, but you know, my dad passed away from a neurodegenerative disease. And so mm. he started having health issues in 2011, mm. um, 2012, things were like pretty, you know, picking up pretty rapidly and we didn't know what it was for four years. We just knew he's having some personality changes, uh, losing physical function. I mean, it was just it's all of the shit that you never want to have happen to somebody. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, he, he was kind of dying for like eight years. Mm. And so the grief is, it's exactly that. I mean, it's not, I haven't written a million songs about that, um, specifically as the lyrical, you know, topic, but it's like the, I, I honestly, I've been in a state of pretty intense grief for a long time. It was working and your so it's, way into your entire it, being for so long. Yeah. 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 To have and, something uh, like that, that just is continually like not only degenerative for the individual, but also yeah. from your standpoint to not that you're the victim in this sense, but it is difficult on those that are the caretakers or the survivors or the loved ones. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so it, so yeah, and you know, um, I'm, uh, I've tried to, on this last tour, um, it was really cool to, to just be able to really kind of share about that. You know, it's, it's been two years now since he passed away and, um, I feel like I'm in a place now where, um, yeah, I can just be a little bit more open about that and, and let people know there is light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, and that life is difficult and life is hard, but life goes on and, uh, you know, we carry our loved ones with us after they pass away. Um, and so I've been really on, on this past tour, I was trying to be just a little bit more open and transparent about that sort of grief and, you know, giving a shout out to caregivers and people that are going through years of depression and things mm -hmm. like that. And it was really powerful. I, it, it made a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, nights very meaningful for us. Um, but lyrically, you know, this record really, it jumps around. Um, there is a, there is a heaviness, um, to a lot of the songs. Um, but you know, it's there's also little left turns, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, the song good, we just put out, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the song we just put out, uh, you know, fuck LA, um, is a little bit of one of those left turns. It's kind of down, yeah. but it's also kind of it's just 
yeah, it's, it's beautiful at the same time. And there's this hopeful moment of my wife leaving me this voicemail and, um, which was a source of comfort for me when we were on tour for a while. And didn't you write um, that like kind of like a, you were, had been on tour for quite a while and it was like, yeah, can I, yeah, it was home. exactly that. Right. It was two. It was the the voicemail was from. Come on, what is, why isn't it fuck Nashville or so? Why did they have to be fuck LA? <laughs> I mean, it does sound good as a song title, dude. It was. <laughs> we had just gotten. We, we had just gotten back from our first time in LA when I wrote that, and it was. It's funny because I actually on this last tour I was like, man, I really like LA. This is actually really. We didn't yeah, play it the there. Played the fucking troubadour, tru- uh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's also like me just being a trying to be a small town asshole you know because i live in like a small college town <laughs> where there's like nothing going on yeah, yeah um yeah, yeah. but i actually so i grew up in baltimore so the it's fourth okay. lyric is fuck baltimore I'm from there i don't care <laughs> fuck la yeah yeah there you go yeah i had i threw my hometown in there baltimore maryland that's the fourth uh fourth you know city that gets fucked um <laughs> yeah so yeah but you know and then uh but yeah, uh, mortality is on my mind. I'll be honest. Like it's something that when you lose somebody, there's no way around that. Uh, there's no way around thinking about your own <laughs> yeah. life and yeah. your own death. And uh, so the last song on the record is called Luckiest Man Alive. And it kind of deals with that as well. It deals with the fact that like, man, I yeah, I'm, I am really trying to be aware that, you know, I'm mortal. I'm going to die. And what does uh, my life, you know, what do I want my life to look like? And what's what do I want my relationship to look like with, you know, my wife, Sarah? And so it's kind of dealing with that sort of thing um, from, a, yeah, man, it's it's on my mind, you know, it, mm. life and death are, are very present for me on a da- daily basis. Um, but um yeah, I'm really proud of the the lyrical content on this album. We're we're really patient with a lot of these songs. Um, there's there was revisions and cutting things and editing, and it 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 wasn't just like a big drop all at once for each song. Each song felt like it um, was was kind of worked at over many uh, sessions and revisions, and in that way. I think I'm, I think it's really cool. I think there's like a little universe that you get lost in. Yeah. I really like it. I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited for it to go out into the world, uh, as much as you guys are. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really beautiful statement and I love the, I love that kind of depressing nature, but also sort of hopefulness that you talked about as well. Um, because that's, that's what it is. I mean, emotions are a spectrum and, you know, yeah. to touch upon all of those is, is, is really important to do. It is. Oh yeah. yeah and it's, yeah. and it's, uh, it, it, you know, and the more like we'd have these moments, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I even feel like at my dad's funeral, it was kind of like a big party in a certain sense. And, you know, it was weird because he passed away during COVID and we had the funeral like a year later. And so it's weird having a funeral for somebody like a year after they've passed away. So a lot of the grief had had morphed. But, um, you know, I, I am so keenly attuned to feeling a deep sense of sadness and sorrow and also just like you know, ecstatic love and joy at the same time. Those mm-hmm. things don't feel like they're competing or canceling right. each other Mutually out. Exclusive, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was like, you know, here we are gathering to, to, you know, 
remember this man that's just passed away. And, um, at the same time, it's a real celebration. And so that, thus is life, you know, you're holding these two things together. Yeah. Jake, do you need to get on the same page with that kind of emotional feel of a, of a record when you guys are putting new stuff together? What does that look like for, from your perspective? And what do you like, what do you add to that? And how do you work together with Jeff on the, on that level? Yeah. I, I, I think it's a really special and intimate relationship. A lot of times Jeff comes with pretty well, like fully created songs and, and, uh, some of the, some of these more emotional ones that he's talking about, uh, came to me in, in more of a finished form. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, we do, we have like a, a good sort of like co-writing understanding of like, I certainly feel comfortable um, challenging a lyric or st- saying, you know, what's going on here and helping clarify. Um, but a lot of the, yeah, it's like Jeff's depth of writing is something that I've loved since we first met. And some of the first demos he showed me, it was like the music was super cool, but then the the lyrics and the songs uh, had a lot of meaning behind them. And so I just try to play a supportive role there and like, be an ear that looks for the the really special moments and kind of protect those mm. in my own way and uh mm. challenge ones that I think are not as good or not as interesting and um yeah i i think it's uh i also like musically i for whatever we've talked about my personality so far i'm drawn to heavier darker music in general um so mm-hmm. this is not a hard place for me to live in the sunburned as a record feels the most like the music that i want to make and want to listen to um hmm. than anything we've ever done and yeah so it, i don't have to i don't have to work to get to these places to play these songs um it feels natural to me and i do have a really deep relationship with jeff and i have yeah, I've been yeah. very much on the outside of what he's lived through, but we were working on a farm together the day that he got some of the first information about his dad and that there was weird stuff going on. And we had just like years of, you know, not knowing what was going on. Yeah, if on I'm doing and, the math yeah. right, you guys have known each other for as long as Jeff has known about his, the diagnosis, right. I guess, for just putting the dates yeah. together. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. I, like, th- there's a total difference in my experience watching him and his family go through that. Like I, I'm not going to the emotional right. depths that they are and yeah. I'm not exhausted in the same way they are, but, but I, I have a, uh, an understanding of the, just the depth of it all. And I've seen, seen it all. And so, um, in a lot of ways, the songs on this album, like the, there's little things and little references in there that are incredible, meaningful incredibly meaningful to me that are going to be lost on everybody else in the world. And, and there are little treasures mm. that I, I hold on to and, and um, yeah, little Easter eggs in there. You're like, I don't know, this is kind of a part of me and I don't mean to make light of it or anything, but probably Jake was like, God, thank God we're doing this album because Jeff, you need to talk about all this stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been a, um, 
and yeah, there there's been there was other songs. Uh, Jeff and I have talked about this before, where there 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 were some songs that were very specifically like you processing grief about your father's passing, that were in the running to make this album and were gorgeous. And yeah. there there was one that every time I heard it, I would cry. And we decided yeah. this wasn't the album for it. Um, we tried it a bunch of different ways and demoed it out a bunch of different ways, and it was just it just didn't fit. Um, so it's it. It's hard to make those calls mm-hmm. sometimes, it, you know, like- Do you it, shelve those felt, or do you just like put them aside for maybe another day? I mean, I, I guess that's the same thing. Aside, what do you do with them? Yeah, it's, they don't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it has to be one, we, this album, it felt very, uh, once we looked at all of the songs together, it was like, um, we wanted it to have a unified voice. Um, mm. and we can't, I, I don't know. I feel like both Jake, you and I just like, uh, felt that that was very intuitive for us. And it was like hard to say like this, this song in and of itself, this is really cool. Um, this is this great thing. Um, super unique, but then in, in its relationship to these other things, I don't know. It was really, it's, it was hard to kind of hard to make that call but i think we've made the right call and it'll find another life. yeah maybe there you get like into some derivative sense that maybe a song is a derivative of another or something like they're like too similar you want to make the one strong statement and not have others that are kind of similar is that sort of what you're talking about yeah yeah there's uh, that and yeah. also um, you want to save some for the 10th anniversary expanded there edition you go also record store day you know yeah <laughs> we, believe me it's all it's all plotted it's out it's all about yeah. forward thinking but jeff how does it, i know you've performed some of these lives so what is that how is that um what is that uh what impact has that had on you to be able to put these out into the world and say them into a room with people super Strangers. super yeah uh, amazingly cathartic um Mm. and um i'm thinking about you know like even even a song like um uh i I mentioned it earlier but heaven bends um which is the third song on the record and it's um it came out in october and the the back half of the song the first half is almost this like dance feel sort of thing and the back half of the song has this like kind of shouted monologue um, about a very close friend of mine that had like a really intense, uh, panic attack, uh, in my arms, uh, early during COVID. Oh. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was a very heavy moment. Um, and to be able to go out and, and sing about that and kind of shout about that. Um, if, if people know the song beforehand and are charting with the lyrics, I mean, one of the coolest things is just when it freaking connects, man, is when somebody goes, yes, like I need, I needed to hear that. And I wanted to hear that. And I've been through that too. Or yeah, like I've, I'm dealing with that same sort of intense anxiety. Um, you know, like that's where it starts to feel more than just like, let's let get hammered and play a rock show. It's like, this is really, <laughs> there is actually um, some meaning out there to be glad. There, there's a, <laughs> a, a very deep, a very deep, like, yeah, like a spiritual religious experience when you start having that sort of connection, because yeah, that, yeah. that's what it's all about. That is me. what it's all about. And I love how your music is 
so intrinsically tied to the live performance side. I mean, I talked to a lot of artists here who are all touring. Every one of them are nationally touring artists and they're doing what they do. You guys have a real strong connection to that live performance and the power of that. Not that a lot of, not that other bands don't. I, I, I do. I love how you guys have that really strong connection. It's really one of it's the empowering, one of the, and it's kind of part of what you guys do. And it's sort of what my sweet spot is in terms of why I appreciate live music so much. It, it really felt like early on, and you know, um, my uncle Steve Gorman has been uh, such a a fun and awesome uncle um drummer for the black crows um but oh. also just a really great you know person for me and jake to talk to and bounce ideas off of and get feedback because you know he's really seen it all and and um s- super early on he had he had really encouraged us to dive into the live show it was really natural for us um but it was also something that he pointed out he's just like you know it's, it's one of the few things that you can really control um that's a funny way of saying it but you can't really control if a song you know blows up on a streaming service or gets added to a playlist or anything like that but you can control the performance each night and the show each night and so in this era where like this digital world that we live in i mean that's a for me that's a landscape um the internet at large that is um yeah, just another universe. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's different terrain. And so the live actually being in a room with people, I mean, that it just feels so right and normal for that to be the main thing that we focus on and the main area that we really craft. You know, yeah, I mean, that is profound. It's the thing that you can control. You can't control if people like the music or not. You're like, how many yeah. streams you're going to get? You know, you put your right. shit out there and what happens, happens, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, you can control what happens in that room. That's fucking your space, man. That's your... Yeah. That's your and, sacred and when you space. Own it, yeah, I talked to Tom yeah. Hamilton about that. He's like, so what... Dude, you're rocking so hard up there. Like, what's the vibe? What is? What are you... What are you, what's going through your head when you're up there? What are you trying to project? He's like, you know, I go up and say, that's my fucking thing. That's my vibe. I'm in this world, this envelope, and you can't fuck with me, and it's what I'm going to do. I vibe super hard with that. Like, I've, and that's been, yeah, I don't know, Jake, I even just think about, like, our conversation with that dude Squirrel in Greensboro, North Carolina years ago, who was just really encouraging us to, he was like, it's your fucking stage. Like, it's your kingdom for the next 40 minutes. And it's just like that taking that sort of approach and just knowing like, this is our turf. Like when we get up here for this little chunk uh, of the night, like this is our turf. We're doing our thing. It's not an ego trip. It's just fully entering into that, man. It's been, uh, uh, it's been, it's been really fun to have that sort of awareness and, and that sort of power, if you will, um, on, on stage to just know like, this is our spot. This is where we leave it all. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that that's resonating with people. Yeah. Yeah. So Jake, is there a sense that you have, you have your, the creative output in the studio and your, and your songs, but also that, that live performance, those are clearly two distinct things. Like talk to me a little bit about what, how that feels from where you are before I let you guys go. 
Yeah. Because I'm losing, I'm, I'm kind of losing, I had COVID this week, I'm kind of losing my voice. Oh, shoot, point. sorry to hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, the I, I'm right with Jeff there, the, the, the stage is a, a sacred place for us both, um, and it is a place where I do feel very natural, um, mm. and I can... Uh, I, I got to tell you, any dude wearing a crop top <laughs> up there has got to feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I like getting looked at. How about that? Um, <laughs> I wonder what happened in my childhood that made me uh, made me so interested in getting up and dancing around, you know? I, I don't know. You guys are just such handsome motherfuckers. <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want to do up there. But yeah, it's, it's felt, uh, you know, I, it's a really joyful place for me. Um, and I also love going to watch live music um particularly smaller venues small shows where i'll be right up front um still to this day if i'm watching a band play it's like if i if i know the music i'm fighting to get up in the pit and and be a part of it because that's how i like to experience it um right if if i otherwise if i'm floating in the back I'll just, I lose focus. Yeah, uh, Jeff and I have joked about yeah, this sometimes. Yeah, you don't get us involved and people talk too much back yeah. there. And like, you just or I be talk, honestly, if I'm like, not, if, yeah. I, I, we, well, yeah, <laughs> hey, if I'm feeling chatty and social and I know there's going to be people at the show that I know, I'll hang out in the back because that's where I'm, you know, and I'll converse. So, yeah, yeah there's... Don't the, do that up front, though. No, yeah, there's the, um, it's a real special connection, I guess, um, where yeah. getting to be on stage and look down and actually like have the courage to look into the eyes of the people that are watching us. And like, that was something mm. that I couldn't do right away, but definitely worked up towards. And I think that's a, a really beautiful moment of, of like, I get to look out and see someone that knows the lyrics to our song and is singing it back. They are, they, they get to look up and, and we have this moment together. And, and um, I know those were moments for me when I was in the pit, you know, of my favorite bands where it was like, Oh, like, you know, whoever, like, I think, I think Jeff and I were together one time when we saw my morning jacket in 2014 or 15 or something. And we felt like he like looked, Jim James looked like right at us as he said a specific lyric. And we were like, Oh, (laughs) dude, it was during, I I remember it. Jeff remembers. What what was it? Yeah, I know. I remember every single thing about it. It was Charleston, South Carolina. It was 2013. Zach Brown band had a festival down there and it was at this like kind of soccer stadium outdoor thing and mmj was closing out like the friday night and they um opened up with uh victory dance and like you know just that epic moment where uh, the the base enters yeah exactly and so like and they had this walkway and so like jim goes out on this walkway and as he's like walking back um to like join the rest of the band he looks right at us and he says i can see i can see the potential and like points right or it was either that line or i see myself in you yeah and i was just like yeah dude like oh my gosh i i loved it It such a big empower you know important moment for us yeah yeah but we just to ride that that thing out and like the 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 beautiful full circle of it is we just got a a message from a fan on instagram uh just a couple of days ago that just said like you know thanks for putting this new music out i i love it like it's it's meant so much to me and i got to see you play um three months ago in charleston and um i didn't know a lot of your music at the time but i've become a huge fan since and and 
watching that show made me like get my drum set out of the closet and start writing music again and putting a band together and i just want you guys to know that Mm. like it was because of that show and how impactful it was and so it was just like holy Mm. crap like that's that's real like like that has happened for us we've got we've taken that energy from other artists and we've given that to other people and and yeah that makes makes uh makes me feel all warm inside Awesome. No, it's the like the the perpetual exchange of positive energy mm-hmm. from artist to performer to back and just everything. It's fucking everything, mm-hmm. you guys. It's everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this has been like this has been so much fun, man. I mean, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll do another one in the future. We'll only talk about my morning jacket, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm thanks, so glad. We, this has been awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, you're welcome, Jeff. Thanks, thanks to you too, and. Um, and thanks, Jake, for being here as well. And um, really looking forward to seeing you guys out on tour and the new albums coming out on Sunburned on January 27th. Uh, and you guys are hitting the road here soon. I think, um, uh, let me see, you're doing a show in Richmond. At, we, um, we have talk, a, to, talk to me a little ha- bit about that because I yeah, can't find those a, in my notes. Oh, one, January 26th, Richmond in store at Plan 9 Music. And then the next day yep. in Charlottesville on January 27th, you're doing yep. a um, uh, the album, album release, release show. show. Is that right? Yeah, we're trying. We're doing a lot of stuff uh, when the record comes out. We're we're big into vinyl and indie retail and being able to go to actual record stores in actual cities. And so we're we're kicking off um, on Thursday, um, January 26th in Richmond. Plan Nine Music, which most people that live in Central Virginia know where mm. that is. It's right in Carytown. It's great killer record store and then the next night um is the album release show in charlottesville virginia um at a killer theater there called uh, the jefferson theater which jake and i've been to a million shows there over the years mm-hmm. and um it's it's going to be super fun we're giving away a bike we've got a bunch of friends coming up um well hold on for the hold the <laughs> hold the show here you're giving away a bike yeah, we'll man, you might have to fly in. So we, uh, so we, uh, me yeah, and Jake I ride, both a, I ride a Pinarello on the road, by the way, you guys. Yeah, I don't know if we're giving one of those away, that, but uh, uh, we're, we're, we're I it's not fans. my number one bike, though. I love my my Trek gravel bike because the killer bike. These nice. Days. Yeah. Well, we got a we have a cool hookup with a couple things. One is Jameis Bicycles. They've uh, uh-huh. become a partner and they've been hooking us up with some bikes. But before we linked up with them, we bought some folding bikes, collapsible bikes, because that's what David Byrne from the Talking Heads takes on the road. Yep. And whenever he goes to a different town, he bikes around for a few hours and his book called the bicycle diaries had a really big impact on us it's amazing just kind of tour journal of him biking around all these different cities and so we said well we're starting a tour so let's do the same thing so we've we have these folding bikes that we've used on the road and um we said we'd give one away as a gift to uh a lucky winner that comes out to the show to which Um, one so we're so to the Jefferson show in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, oh, okay. everybody that comes in, you swing by our merch table, you throw your name into our little raffle there. And then at the end of the night, you know, you're going to walk away with a bike and, uh, it'll be pretty cool. That's great. Uh, so we got that going on. Uh, there's a really killer band called Palm Palm that's fronted by a, a dude named J. Roddy Walston. He used to front a band called J. Roddy Walston in the business. Yep. And, um, so they're going to be joining us. Our buddy, Carl Anderson from Nashville is playing. Um, uh, we got a couple other little tricks up our sleeve, but it's going to be a super fun show. We're, we're, uh, 
hoping for a sellout. It's selling like crazy right now, which not to just be a total capitalist, but that makes us happy. Yeah, sure. Let's fill the room, man. I mean, yeah. you got, you'll be in Philly, you're going through the Midwest. People can see more dates on your website. Uh, I think you'll yep. be in Colorado. You're coming to Chicago on April 22nd. Let's fill that fucking room. I know I got a lot of listeners uh, from here in Chicago, so I'm going to do my awesome. best to put the shout out. Let's fill up that room, man. That's a great room for you guys. I'm going to, it's, that's going to be great. Plenty of room yeah. for you guys. Jump down off the stage, come down. Let's like, let's, let's do it. It'll be a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah, sweet, yeah, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is great. Um, thanks again, you guys, for being here. Um, really enjoyed having you both. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you out there. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, definitely. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. That was Jeff Gorman and Jake Cochran of Illiterate Light, whom you know so well now after that really, really great interview. Had such a great time talking to these guys. They just had so much to add about live performance and about where they've come from and their influences. I loved talking about uh, to Jeff about My Morning Jacket and how they've been influenced by that band and different times that they had seen them in the past. And uh, also, I didn't know Jeff's uncle was in uh, Drummer for Black Crows. I had no idea. And uh, the things that, that Jeff talked about live performance and talking to his uncle about that and how, um, you know, Jeff mentioned how you can control the live performance. You know, it's your stage. And and to be up there and have that that outlet and the power to put into your own performance the emotion and the effort that you've put into what you've done in the studio and bring that out and create that vibe and put it out into a performance setting uh, is just really really why I do this and why uh, live performance is so amazing, but uh, also they put it into words so so uh, in such a great way, in such a profound way, and with Jeff and, and Jake, their performance is really, uh, really striking and amazing, and if you haven't seen them, if you've gotten this far and you haven't seen uh, these guys perform, I know you'll be really interested in seeing their performance. Uh, of course, uh, they'll be in Chicago, like I mentioned at the top, on April 22nd at Lincoln Hall, and they're just all over the country as well. They're playing in Nashville and Denver on the East Coast, and they'll, they'll be in the Midwest as well. Go to their website to check out more tour dates for that. But uh, interestingly, Jeff talked about this, uh, that he was not a natural performer uh, originally, that he loved writing and he loved the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but when they formed Illiterate Light, when he and, Je- when, uh, he and Jake formed Illiterate Light, they just decided to make this a live performing band that is have a real distinct and uh and powerful and dynamic vibe as they talked about uh that distinguishes them from the studio performance and and they really do uh accomplish that and it's just i can't say enough great things about uh what they do and um it was really interesting to hear jake talk about how you know he gets into the vibes and shows and how he plays off of jeff as well and how they also need to kind of match the energy of a particular song and uh, and how they've created this vibe on stage and how that has coalesced over the years of touring and kind of getting on the same page in terms of their vibe within a particular song or a particular moment. I thought that was a really important aspect of what they're doing and how to explore what illiterate light, light, light means in a live performance setting. Uh, I just love these guys. They 
with a new album out uh, entitled Sunburn. came out on January 27th, the date of the publication of this episode. Please go out and check that album out and go to their website to check their tour dates. Uh, of course, we talked a lot about cycling and the pedal-powered shows. Uh, I hope they'll be at Newport this upcoming year to do a pedal-powered stage once again. Uh, it's really important for everyone to understand what the impact uh, that live performance has on the environment and in some ways try to mitigate that or just be aware of what it means to the environment and the energy that's used and how there are ways that everyone can in their own lives have a positive impact on on the environment for whatever you do. And cycling certainly is one way to do that. I'm a huge cycling proponent, as are Jeff and Jake. So I really enjoy talking to them about that, especially in the context of live performance. Uh, so glad that you're along for this ride. And thanks so much for being here for this amazing interview. Thanks again to everyone for your support. We got a lot of great episodes coming up in this young year of 2023. So excited to bring you some more amazing interviews and episodes coming up. And I want to send a special thank you to Jeff Gorman and Jake Cochran of Illiterate Light for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs> <laughs>